Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost yet again to the New Orleans Pelicans, this time on the road by a score of 120 to 116. Um, all right, so I'm just going to say this out the top, and then I don't want to mention it too much else beyond that. But as you can see, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, um, well, if you can't, well, listen up, because the Pelicans shot 28 free throws in the fourth quarter. 28 in the fourth quarter. Um... I didn't look up if that's a record or not, but I'm just going to assume that's a record. Um, I'm not sure what was happening in the 2002 Kings-Lakers matchups. Um, but I imagine it was like that. I don't know if I saw Shaq out there for the Pelicans tonight. Um, I, mean, I saw Zion, but he's definitely not Shaq. But yeah, 28. <laughs> 28 is just a funny number, you know. 28 is a big number. Um, it's a very big number. Um, yeah. And the Raptors, by the way, for the whole game, shot 27 free throw attempts. So, in one quarter, the Pelicans shot more free throws than the Raptors. Uh, And it happened to be in the fourth quarter, which is frustrating, you know? Um, So, I got to get that out of the the way. I mean, look, you know, know, there were some legitimate free throws in there, I guess. Kyle got a tech. Kyle picked up a flagrant. I didn't really agree with the flagrant, but whatever. Didn't really agree with the tech either, but whatever. Three free throws there, um, you know, some legitimate fouls. Um, for some reason, TD decided to body check JJ Redick on a th- uh, three pointer, and that's three free throws. Um, and of course, the, the 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 play that sealed the loss was Norman Powell helping off the corner and reaching in completely unnecessarily against uh, Brandon Ingram, who did have a step on OG, but Chris Boucher was there at the help. Uh, Norm was in the corner. And, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a legitimate foul. I got no complaints about that. That's a reach-in. Norm should not reached in. Um, but at the same time, 28 is 28. And when, when you look at the number, it is staggering. Um, I, I just want to point this out. One more thing before. Just let me be salty, okay? Because really the Raptors uh, played well tonight um, for le- legitimate stretches. And uh, I don't actually have that many negative things to say about the team as a whole. You know, I think uh, Pascal obviously, um, you know, is gonna have to, you know, is gonna have to uh, to bear some criticism because he legitimately did not play uh, well enough today. Um, but you know, uh, the Raptors on the season have been outshot in five games. They have been outshot by forty-seven free throws by their opponent. Um, so, that's a big number. Um, that's a big number. Uh, hello, I am Tom Haverstrow with your big number. That big number is 47. Raptors have been outshot uh, in the free throw department by 47 by their opponents. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, in five games, that's unbelievable. That's 9.7 points per game. You know? It's a lot. That's that's a lot. You're 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 you're, you're losing by 10 points a game on just on free throws uh attempted alone pretty much. So that's that's tough, but um just putting that aside and that ridiculous number aside, I just want to talk about the game itself. So um you know, Raptors Got off to a little bit of a slow start. It was pretty clear from the jump that Pascal was not going to be too involved in a positive way. Uh, got some early foul trouble, to be honest, did not play well. And I'll touch on Pascal. I'll touch on Pascal. I just want to touch on the positives first. Uh, Raptors got off to a slow-ish start. Um, second quarter, the Raptors played some pretty, pretty good defense. I thought um, the Raptors bench outplayed the Pelicans bench easily. The Pelicans uh, and the Raptors actually had the two lowest scoring benches coming into this game. Uh, but the Raptors bench played really well. Um, the Pelican starters came in and they played better than the Raptors starters, but Raptors bench were doing real, real, real progress there. I thought they, they, they Nick did a good job of mixing up um, a little bit of his lineups. Uh, they played a lot of zone, a lot of it worked out, and the Raptors actually had the lead heading into halftime. Now, of course, the same pattern as it has been all season outside of the Knicks game because the Knicks are the Knicks. The Raptors lost the third quarter. They lost the third quarter um, by 10 points this time. They lost the third quarter, I think, by 16 in the first loss to the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, so that's bad, and the Raptors keep doing that. And I think this, the Pelicans starters um, really outplay the Raptors starters tonight, um, especially at the number one position. Between When you look at Brandon Ingram and, and Pascal, it was not close. But again, I'll talk, to, I'll talk about Pascal. But... The Raptors go into the fourth quarter. They're trailing by double digits. It looks like they're dead in the water. The Raptors go small. They try to, you know, make a push. And they actually did. You know, I saw shades of last season in there. In terms of last season, it was, uh, you know, never underestimate the heart of a champion. That sort of never say die kind of um, passion. That drive, that urge, that hunger, you know, to make a comeback. The Raptors were never out of a game last year. Never, never. And that's what happened tonight. Um, 14-2 to two run by the Raptors over a four-minute span there in the fourth quarter. And, you know, if you're watching it, if, and if you just aren't like a stone-cold uh, stone cynic, which there are a lot of in, in, uh, those in the Raptors fan base. Sometimes I consider myself that, but not really. Um, you ha- It gets your blood pumping, man. And, I, and, you know, my blood was definitely pumping. I was definitely screaming inside my apartment, which is uh, not welcome. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the Raptors made a 14-2 push, and there were a lot of good things happening. I think, A, the Raptors got a lot of stops with their zone defense, um, and I think that allowed them to get out on the run and on the move. But I also thought the Raptors played quicker defense. Um, they were more aggressive during that stretch, and they got a lot of buckets that I think they could just generally have throughout the course of the game, but their pace seems to always drop a little bit. Um, it, it doesn't stay consistently high throughout the game, so those easy baskets disappear, but... During that 14-2 run, you know, you got OJ Anobi slipping to the basket, you know, muscling it in for an and one. You get, um, you know, OJ Anobi in the corner, in the right corner. Kyle Lowry drives, collapses the paint, kicks out to OG. OG missed a lot of threes early on. So many open corner threes. But second half, he, you know, he was two for two. And he had the three during that stretch. You know, um, there was... uh, a bit of a scramble kind of play. The ball gets tapped out to Fred. And then Fred, you know, caches the open three at the top. Um, you know, Kyle does a little bully ball drive layup against Josh Hart, who obviously, being Villanova guys, they have played each other quite often, and Kyle knows how to play Josh Hart. Uh, drove in there for a bully ball layup. Uh, and then Norm, to cap it off, 
one-on-one late shot clock situation, he just pulls up over Alonzo Ball and uh, he gets the three to drop. That gave the Raptors the lead, and honestly, it, it was it, it was looking incredible. It was looking incredible. Now, what happened from that point when the Raptors, I think, took a two or three point lead, about three minutes left, um, the Raptors just didn't play well enough offensively to sort of sustain that. It, the, the, the Pelicans were able to get, you know. Um, a few baskets, and the Raptors just weren't really able to create too much. OG had a driving layup that you know draw, drew a foul, and he got two free throws, and he split them. You know that's you know that's pretty much the extent of what they got. But a lot of off- empty trips offensively for the Raptors during that stretch, and you know it became a close game again. I mean, it was always a close game, but it became a close game again. You know, it's sort of who can execute. And honestly, the Pelicans had a star down the stretch that can consistently deliver. They had they Pelicans didn't run anything too clever, just gave the ball to Brandon Ingram, and the Raptors just struggled to cover that. I mean, the Raptors struggled to cover Brandon Ingram both games now. One of the issues is when you have a guy like Zion on the floor, you're putting OG on Zion. So then, who are you putting on Brandon Ingram? Now, obviously. The ideal answer would be Pascal, considering he's the other wing defender on this team. I mean, starting five at least, but he wasn't on the floor because he had fouled out in this game. And I'll get to Pascal. I promise I'll get to Pascal, man. It was a disappointing game for Pascal. Um, But, you know, the Raptors just struggled with covering Brandon Ingram. Even when Pascal was in the game, Brandon was scoring. And Brandon was hitting the outside jumper, the mid-range jumper. Uh, and the passing was 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 decent. And the Raptors, you know, they showed him different looks. They tried different defenders on him. You know, Fred was on him a little bit. Kyle's on him a little bit. Pascal was on him a little bit. OG had a couple possessions on him too. And the Raptors tried different schemes. You know, um, sort of playing him more straight up. Uh, you know, with the big dropping back, he gets to the mid range, hit the jumper or pull up for three. Um, you know, when the Raptors trapped him, and sometimes the Raptors trapped him so aggressively that they had two people on the logo. Coming up against Ingram, the Ingram's because he's six foot eleven. He could just see over the top of the defense, kick it to uh, Adams, rolling down the paint, and then it's a three on two situation. You know, Adams got to the rim one time against Fred, and Fred had to foul him because you know obviously uh, Adams then you know one time kicked it to Josh Hart for a corner three. So you know it was a real struggle throughout the course of the game, throughout the course of the fourth quarter. Even the Raptors trying to change that, and then the Raptors went to a small ball lineup, no Pascal on the floor. They switched a lot of stuff. Uh, and, you know, ultimately it was Ingram driving, and the Raptors just couldn't stop him. Um, you know, OG gave up a foul one time. Bit of a soft foul, but, you know, I don't know, man. He's It's still a star player driving one-on-one, some some contact. You know, offensive players probably going to get the benefit of the doubt there. And, and then the final possession, you know, um, Norm reaches out and, and grabs him, but it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. And, and honestly, actually, the most unfortunate part was uh, this three by Eric Bledsoe, where again Ingram was running the ball, you know, running the play, and Fred was guarding him. And again, I'm sorry to gripe on the referees, but Stephen Adams body checked Fred to the point where Fred fell over. Fred is not a flopper. This is not like Kyle fell over or whatever. Fred does not do that, okay? He's trying to cover the number one option on the other team in a late game, one possession. He's not just going to fall over off an off-boss screen, all right? What happened was Steven Adams, as he normally does, at the last second, well, as, the def- as, as the defender tries to evade the screen, he sidesteps and, you know, collides hip on hip. And it literally knocked Fred down. And it was right in front of the sideline official. I don't know how they didn't call it. The Raptors had to scramble a little bit. They didn't get the mismatches or didn't get their assignments right. And ultimately, they found Bledsoe in the corner for three. That, that put the, the Pelicans up three. So, you know, 
a bit of bad offensive, uh, you know, execution, absolutely, but also just, you know, some very regrettable um, officiating. Again, 28 free throws. I don't know if you're going to win despite that, but I do admire the Raptors for making that comeback. I think, you know, for me, I have, especially with the way the Raptors are playing right now, I have lowered my expectation, so I don't really expect them to be last year's team. I don't expect them to be as composed. It's clear, pretty clear at this point that they're searching, right? You see Nick trying out different lineup combinations, see new guys off the bench every single day, um, you know, and that's just going to be what it is. So the Raptors are trying and they're struggling. Um, you know, I don't expect them to play amazing every day. And I thought the fact that the Raptors didn't roll over today and actually made a really good comeback, um, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. Again, that's that's lowering the bar. You know, last season, this is a game they probably don't even fall into that big of a hole. And they probably, you know, I mean, if they do make a comeback last year, they made every complete comeback, all right? That's just how it went last year. But that's last year. This is this year. This year is not last year. And, yeah, the Raptors got to work through it, man. Um, I, I thought I, I thought there were some positives in there. Um, and I'll get to those. But I think this is the point where I have to touch, about, touch on Pascal. So, uh, pass. I mean... Pascal, okay, so he gets, he, he fouls out of the, the Sixers game, right? I talked about it already. Sixers game, seven minutes, in the last seven minutes, this man commits five fouls in uh, in seven minutes. That is um, almost impossible. Uh, but, okay, he commits five fouls in seven minutes. He goes to a locker room early, and, you know, that is... Something that the team took exception to. I'm not sure what happened in the locker room. Again, I don't know if something happened in the locker room. I'm just saying that it seems a little bit over the top to bench a guy just for going early into the locker room. Regardless, Pascal gets disciplined for a game, and he doesn't play against the Knicks. Okay, the Raptors now win against the Knicks, uh, so whatever. But that was also the Knicks, and the Knicks shot 3 of 36 from 3. Um, but, I mean, you know... Coming into this game, you expect Pascal to be better. You really do. Um, you know, you expect Pascal to respond. Um, or even if he doesn't respond, you just expect Pascal to play a, a good game. Let's be real, right? I mean, you know, we're not really talking about... Again, it's similar to the Raptors as a whole, right? We're not really expecting, like, a superstar performance necessarily in a game-to-game basis. But can you just be... a can you just give a decent performance? And today, he failed to even do that. I mean, he was a negative on both ends. Rarely do you say Pascal's a negative on defense, but he was a negative on the defense tonight, in addition to the fact that he struggled offensively. Um, he, first off, he only played 25 minutes. He fouled out again. Again, he fouled out. Uh, Nick Nurse, he, went, he was battling foul trouble all game. Nick plays Pascal in the fourth quarter. Nine-minute mark, he picks up his fifth foul. Nick decides I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to trust Pascal. I need to ride my. St- I need to show some, you know, trust in my star, especially after I discipline him. And then a few minutes later, Pascal picks up the foul. You know, you know, it, it was a light foul. I think you know it was Josh Hart driving out of the corner. The Raptors were in rotation, and Pascal was there. There was some contact, but like, you know, it wasn't like he like knocked him over or huge contact. But whatever, it was called the sixth foul, and Pascal fouls out and. You know, you just look at it today, for example. Pascal, 25 minutes, minus 16. 10 points, 4 of 10 shooting, 0 of 4 from 3. 
You know, I mean, hey, he got the spin move to work for the first time all season. It's been five games. He he made the spicy spin happen. Uh, it li- literally shed a, a single tear uh, because it used to be his go-to move, and now he does it once every five games successfully. Um, you know, and he you know he had a nice little euro step. You know, getting to the basket. You know, coming off the pick and roll. I think one on one at the top. One on one off the pick and roll. You know, um, I think he. Got Ingram leading the wrong way, was able to get into the paint. Euro stepped around Brandon Ingram, or uh, around Zion Williamson, and finished at the rim before Steve Adams got there at the rim. So that's a nice play. That's a legitimately nice play. It's probably the best drive he's had all year. But I mean, damn, you look at the overall product, it was not good. Early in the game, you know, Pascal tried to set up in the post, you know, uh, made some good passes. You know, guys weren't hitting. I think OG was missing some shots. Um, and, you know, Pascal then tried to pass it out of the post. You know, he was tr- Baines was trying to be there for him on the baseline, but as he often does, Baines kind of cramped the spacing, and, you know, Pascal could not deliver the pass successfully to Baines against the double team. And, yeah, he just never got into the game. He never got into the rhythm. And because he was in foul trouble, his, his defense was really, really soft, and there were a lot of errors that... You know, Ingram was able to exploit, or Williamson, especially in that third quarter when Pascal was really trying to play off. I mean, you can't play off against Zion, man. That guy's going to take the space and, um, you know, just spin and, and, and muscle past you. And it's just not enough. And, you know, I, I, w- I will commend Pascal for speaking to the media afterwards. It's not, I mean, look, let's be real. T- Toronto media is not a very tigerish group as a whole. We're not going to, like, grill a guy. It's just not, I don't think anyone, we don't really have that kind of personality in the media. Well, at least in the core media that generally shows up. Occasionally, you'll see somebody. But, um, you know, I, I also don't think it necessarily needs anyone to grill him. I think the questions are all necess- are all pretty difficult. And I'll give Pascal credit. You know, he didn't um, run away for too many things. Obviously, he doesn't like the fact that he has gotten such a tight whistle. The last two games he's played, he's committed. You know, I mean, uh, over the last 30 minutes that Pascal's played in the NBA, he's picked up uh, 11 fouls. That is hilarious, um, but he didn't make any excuses, and that's just kind of generally how it goes, you know, with, with Pascal. And um, yeah, I mean, look, I I don't know what to say. I, I you know, you can't really, uh, you can't really, I don't know. I don't really feel an interest in excusing it. I, I don't know if it's a lack of effort or where it is, a lack of confidence. You know, we're not there. I, you know, I'm not speaking to him. I'm watching the game. Well, what I'm watching is he's not performing. Um, and today was his worst game of the season. This was worse than even the, the Sixers game. Uh, and it's just something they got to work out. It really is. Um, I think, you know, obviously Nick was asked about it a ton after the game. Um, and, you know, it was kind of telling to me that the Nick's answer to, you know, how do you get Pascal going again is, you know, he characterized him as a hustle player. And, you know, said, look, you know, you need to see the impact in transition and the open floor. You need to see the defense being at a high level. And that, that wasn't there for Pascal today for, you know, mostly foul trouble. But, I mean, that's, I mean, come on. You can still play. If you played great defense, you wouldn't be in foul trouble. Um, you know, and, and that's telling to me because essentially what Nick is telling me is just like, you know, go back to the basics. And, you know, for a guy like Pascal, his, so much of his progress and, trend, and and effort has been trying to diversify his game to sort of fit in this role of being a number one guy and, and handling and, and shooting and doing all this other stuff. Essentially creating a player that is entirely different from what he used to be. I mean, honestly, if you took the progress that he's made with the jumpers and the assists and everything like that and you combine it with 
what he used to have in the paint, which was just, you know, I don't even want to talk about it. It was he was fantastic in the paint, you know, and you put it all together, he would be a great player. But it, it's just it's it's gone to the point where the Raptors are essentially asking him to just you know, forget the star thing, forget all the con- the contracts, whatever. Just do what you did that made you successful in the first place, that made you even in a position to receive star calls and everything like, or star touches and everything like that. Go back to that, and you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I hope Pascal responds. I, I don't think it's a negative thing. I don't. It's not like the Raptors are dismissing all the other progress that is made. It's just you need to do what you do well first, and then do everything else, right? Like, um, you know, like it. it <laughs> that's probably what most people expect from work, to be honest, right? Like, you know, I t- talked to my bosses and they were like, you know, Will, you're not performing well, We, but, you know, I need, I, you know, I personally know I need to deliver, you know, 10 things after the game. I need to deliver this podcast after the game and I need to do so at an effective rate. And of course, everything else I can build on top of that and expand my career and, and you know, all this other stuff on top of that. But you need to do your bread and butter first. And Pascal, you know, that part's been missing from his game. So we'll see how he responds. I mean, he's just... Seems to have taken the punishment well, I guess. Um, didn't pout or, you know, face the media, everything like that. It's just, you know, he's, he's just got to play better. Um, <laughs> that's easier said than done. But, yeah, he's just got to play better. Uh, in terms of the rest of the team, I think, actually, honestly, a lot of positives. Um, I thought OG responded really well to a really, really brutal first half where he just kept missing shots. And offensively, you know, was really active. I think, you know, when he, again, when... The, it seems like in tough games, OG does really come through. Um... And I do commend him for that. I thought in the fourth quarter, he was... I mean, he delivered, what, uh, two, three, a three-point play, a corner three, and a free throw. So, seven points in the fourth quarter. That's not bad. It's not bad for OG, man. It's not really... It's not bad. Uh, he also had a spectacular block on Zion at the rim, which was initially called a foul. But turns out Kyle Lowry took a charge on, upon review. Uh, but OG at the top of the play was was what stood out to me because man Zion driving one on one against you trying to go in for a layup and you block him point blank that takes some real skill that takes some real defensive ability to do that um, I thought you know Fred was really good I know you're going to look at the numbers and say well nine of twenty three from the field for twenty seven points it's not that efficient I'm telling you Fred carried this team for a solid stretch there man he carried this team. Just like he kind of carried them against the Knicks a little bit. He's, I'm I'm impressed by what Fred is doing. I really am. I think right now the only thing that's not really working well for Fred is the pull-up jumper. He hasn't really hit a pull-up three, I don't think, all season. Or if he has, it hasn't been that many. I've seen him come out the pick and roll when he has space. He's just missing those shots. Uh, but catch and shoot, he's money. Mid-range, he's been you know better. He's mixing in one or two mid-range shots a game, which I like. And he's got to the rim. He's finished there. He had a really acrobatic finish today where he's kind of back to the basket against two defenders, flicked it up high off the glass, rolled in. You know, no complaints whatsoever. And honestly, he's just playing really well, man. I mean, the second quarter, Fred played the whole second quarter, was mad exhausted, mad tired. And basically was Pascal being out against the, the Knicks and also today out due to foul trouble. Fred has had to step up as a second star, and honestly, at times, the number one star on this team, and, and that's not Fred's role whatsoever, but I commend him for doing that, I commend him, honestly, his leadership in the course of the game, in the course of the team, in terms of even in just, like, speaking for the team after tough losses like this one, Fred has really stepped up enough in, in that regard, he's obviously always had that, but he's doing it more and more as the team needs him. You got no complaints, man. Fred's balled out, and, and you know I, I thought he played really well today. Defensively, they absolutely need him. 
My only gripe is Fred and Kyle are, So Fred played 40 minutes, Kyle played 39. You need a third-string point guard. And TD is not it. He's not a point guard. Um, I mean, look, listen. The number one thing you want out of your point guard is to make good decisions. And can anyone say that TD is a good decision maker? I, I cannot. Um, and I, I, you know, this is where I will say once again, Malachi Flynn, you have Malachi Flynn at home. He's just chilling there. He's on the bench. I see him once in a while. I'm like, oh yeah, that's him. And I'm not saying he's going to come in and just like be a star for the team and just like, you know, you know, I know a lot of people are excited to see Malachi, myself included. Uh, and I don't think anyone is saying Malachi is going to come in because he's going to come in and give you like, you know, 20 and 10. He's going to be Steve Nash. It's not going to happen, but I'm just saying it's kind of the same issue as last year. The Raptors don't have a backup point guard off the bench, and so Fred and Kyle are having to carry so much of the playmaking, um, especially with Pascal struggling that, you know, again, you have another guard on the bench, maybe use him, but, you know, Nick is trying. He's trying different things. Norm, uh, after that Knicks game, played pretty okay today. <laughs> pretty okay is kind of how I expect Norm to play, to be honest. Um, you know, he, you know, there's a couple four shots in there. Uh, Norm going 0 for 4 from two-point range. Again, I missed Norm making all sorts of layups last year. He's coming up short on a lot of these. He's taking a bit of... Like, he's taking a few, like, awkward-leaning mid-range push shots where I'm like, what are you doing? That, that's not your shot. Um, but, you know, he was 4 or 6 from 3. He had to pull up 3. He had to foul at the end, but... I mean, you know where you're getting with Norm. It's, you know, this is the reason he's coming off the bench. He was okay today. Chris, I thought Chris played amazing. Um, the Raptors keep finding ways to fi- play Chris because Chris has been huge. Now, today, Pascal being in foul trouble, the Raptors needed some backup power forward minutes. Stanley Johnson came in for a little bit, played 12 minutes, had the Tony Snell, you know, oh, 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 nothing. You know, like he had a rebound, he had one assist, one steal, and one personal foul, and missed one shot in 12 minutes. You know, he, he, was, he, he was very active, but did a, he did a lot of nothing actively. So, um, you know, whatever. I mean, Stanley's cracked the rotation, I guess. Because he's played decently, and again against teams that have size, and the Pelicans do have size. I mean, when you look at Ingram, Williamson, uh, Adams, that's a pretty big front court. Um, you know, I, I don't disagree with using Stanley. Uh, having said that, though, he is going to provide you nothing on offense. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Raptors needed a backup power forward, and with Pascal being in foul trouble, and Chris Boucher stepped up and did that, and the way the Raptors to do that, similar to the Knicks game, was they played Boucher alongside another center. So whether that was Baines or Len, um, and it worked pretty decently. I know I don't know if the um, the plus minus was that great. I haven't seen the lineup data for this game, but I just from the eye test, you know, I thought the fact that the Raptors had another center inside the paint kept that paint protection there, helped with the rebounding. While at the same time, offensively, Boucher can just play the same role, whether he's at power forward or at center, because the other center, when they are playing with Boucher, whether it's Len or Baines, they're just sticking in the corners. You know, they're not coming to the screen. They're not doing it. They're not involved. They're just there to space the floor. And, of course, if the ball comes out to them, you know, hopefully they can hit it. I don't really have huge expectations for Len or Baines to hit a bunch of threes. Um, But Boucher can still stay in the middle of the floor and play pick and roll. And Boucher was really solid at that. Now, my only small nitpick is that there were a lot of layups that pass, uh, that Boucher could have converted against some light contact at the basket. You know, if he converts those, that becomes an and one, uh, whereas instead he goes to the free throw line for two. And, you know, it's hard to complain about two free throws. It really is. And and Boucher is consistently impacting the paint 
which is it's hard to say for this Raptors team that shoots so many threes and you know is so limited at the rim. But having said that, I thought Boucher was quite good. His activity was good. The Raptors played a zone as well when it was smaller with Boucher. Um, and yeah, Boucher has delivered. I mean, he's been the breakout player for the season. The first game against the Pelicans, he was good. Against the Spurs, he had, what, 22-10 and 7 blocks. Then he doesn't really play against Philly because of the matchups. Although, honestly, if they play, wanted to play my power forward, I wouldn't have complained. He played well against the Knicks. He closed that game out against the Knicks, made a bunch of plays down the stretch. Didn't have an efficient game overall, but was impactful. And today, 24 points, 5 rebounds, an assist, 2 steals, a block. Blocked a 3 by uh, in, you know Ingram on the perimeter. So Boucher played quite well, and, and he's been... Honestly, the Raptors, I mean, he's been one of the Raptors' five best players of the season so far. And I don't know if that necessarily means you want to start him. Um, I do believe that Boucher and Siakam is a iffy front court because they're just both so skinny. And, um, you know, that's a bit small. I'm really, really, I think the Raptors have played their best when they've had proper size on the floor this year, um, especially in the front court. But, you know, Boucher was was quite solid and he deserves some 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 positives so i mean i i think nick is still searching i think he's still looking for combinations um you know he's tried out watanabe a little bit against the knicks he's tried out benbury early in the season now he's gone matt thomas early in the season he's not playing so i expect more shuffling hopefully flynn gets a look i'm just asking for a look if he comes in for two games and gives you the the, the td special then yeah okay fine you know keep shuffling but you know it, it's uh it's something worth looking at but overall the Raptors played, you know, some real solid spurts, and they lost. It sucks that they lost for sure, but um, I'm going to try to be optimistic. I think the fact that they lost in a blowout in the first game of the Pelicans, and today they lost in a very, very close game where they lost because Pascal fouled out, and the Pelicans shot 28 free throws in the fourth quarter. Again, 28 free throws in the fourth quarter. I, I, I just, I, if I have to speak to the manager, I, I, you know, I've never really had that kind of personality um, you know, to, to speak to a manager, but damn, can I speak to Adam Silver about 28 free throws, please? I don't care about uh, whatever else Adam is working on or whatever. Just please, Mr. Space Alien, can you tell me why the Pelicans shot 28 free throws? Um, in terms of your three stars, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Fred as your first star. 27 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, a block, plus 3 in 40 minutes, 9 of 23 from the field, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Um, yeah, Fred, he, Fred has been playing really well. Um, you know, he's a little up and down in the first two games, but he's played really well. I not nothing but respect for what Fred is doing. Um, second star going out to Chris, 24 points, five rebounds and assists, two steals, a block, seven of 13 from the field, one for four from three. I like that Chris is turning down a lot of these threes because a lot of times he kind of pump fakes and I'm like, no, I'm screaming no about laptop, but. He's turning those down. He's playing the pick and roll. He's diving. He's playing the short roll. He's making himself available to catch the ball and then actually making a hard roll to the basket. Sometimes he doesn't finish, but I mean honestly, he's been he's been pretty productive. So nine and nine from the free throw line. He's had the second most free throw attempts of the, any Raptor this season. Good for him, man. Chris has played really well, so he's the second star. And then your third star, you can kind of go a lot of places with it. I'm gonna give it to Kyle over OG. Um, I'm going to give it to Kyle because even though it wasn't a spectacular Kyle game, I thought he waited a little bit too long to take over. Um, it was real quiet throughout the first three quarters, passed a lot. Um, but in the in the fourth quarter, you know, as you would expect, he stepped up a little bit. He took a charge on Zion Williamson, which I've been making that joke for a year plus since Zion got drafted, that Kyle's going to take a charge on Zion. And, of course, he did it in spectacular fashion, I might have to add. 
And then another play where he turned the ball over a lazy pass to, uh, you know, I think to Fred on the perimeter. It got picked out by Bledsoe. Bledsoe runs the other way. And Kyle and Fred, their hustle and effort down this, to, to recover that transition, to force a miss, and then ultimately an offensive rebound and a kick out that led to nowhere. That created a turnover in that tight of a moment. It was just great to see. But yeah, Kyle, 16, 6, and 8. Um, you know, didn't shoot the ball efficiently, didn't get inside to score too much. Um, but, you know, again, without Kyle, these none of these comebacks are possible. So um, he's got the third star. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, that's got to go to Eric Bledsoe once again. This is where I tell you that Eric Bledsoe against the Raptors is 8 of 14 from 3 in the two games, and that in all other games, this season, Eric Bledsoe is four of eighteen from three, and you might say, "Oh, yeah, it's the Raptors' fault." You know, like they they help off shooters and you know they double. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the Raptors do help off shooters and stuff. Every every single team in the NBA helps off Eric Bledsoe, and the fact that Bledsoe was shot four of eighteen against everyone else and eight of fourteen against the Raptors has been soul crushing to see that um, Bledsoe to end the third quarter hit a heavily contested three. To push the Pelicans' lead, uh, it always sucks to go into a quarter having given up a three, especially a real contested one. That should have been a brick all the way. And then Bledsoe hitting a three at the end of the fourth quarter to put the uh, Pelicans up three in for good. You know, just absolute daggers. But yeah, Bledsoe, I mean, even besides the threes, honestly, he did a really good job of just breaking down the Raptors' zone, getting into the middle of the zone, forcing someone to step up, and then kicking it out. Or either kicking it out or finding Williamson on the inside for a layup. It, it was... Kind of annoying to watch, but Bledsoe played well, man. Um, I don't know where this was for the Bucks, but yeah, 19 5 and 10 for Bledsoe today with the 4 3. So tough game, tough loss. You know, if you want to be pessimistic, go ahead. Um, I think there's obviously lots of things to be negative about, but I'm going to choose to see it as a positive. Look, 2021, new year, new me. Um, I don't really mean that, but uh, look, I. It's hard to be negative all the time. I think if you lower expectations and look at this game, they improved as compared to the first game against the Pelicans. And it was winnable. And that's probably the most frustrating part is that, okay, the first Pelican game was a blowout. The Raptors never made a comeback, whatever. They did lead, but whatever. The Spurs game, mad, mad close, they lost. And then the Sixers game, they were very, very close and they lost. And the Pelicans game, they were very, very close and they lost. So that's always going to burn, especially because last year the Raptors were quite good in crunch time. Um, But... It is what it is at the moment. They got to work through it. Pascal got to play a lot, a lot better. I, honestly, I was thought of for Pascal as a number three option for this team at the moment because Kyle and Fred are there. They're both playing well. Please, Pascal, can you just be a three? Just a number three option. We're you know where he's most comfortable. Please, just do that, right? Because it, it's been tough. And that, and of course, you know, defensively, the Raptors still got to figure out a couple of things. You know, it's never a good time when you give up twenty eight free throws because as much as I would say that number is absurd and it is absurd. That still is a sign up some pretty sloppy mistakes, and, and the Raptors do need to absolutely lock down on defense because I don't think offensively it's going to catch up to them. Um, so they need to be great on defense. They weren't great on defense tonight, so that's why they lost. So thanks everyone for listening. Um, appreciate everybody. Happy New Year. Um, I know 2021 is getting off with a loss, but it is what it is. Um, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, I'll be back. After the Raptors play their next game, please win, Raptors. Please, all right? Please. We are all hoping that you win. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 